1: or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: I can think of at least four moments, four plays, four incidents in... The NFL today that I've never seen before. In my years covering football, in my years as a network host, having to watch all of the NFL, cover all of the NFL, and not just one or two local teams, I've seen a lot. And I'll be the first to admit that my brain can't retain it all. There's way too much. And there are times where... I see reference to a particular memory going back a few years or you know, 15 years, whatevs. Uh, there are moments that I couldn't recall now. But I'm quite certain I've never seen a 3 nothing NFL game, one that didn't feature any points until the final three minutes of the game. I'm quite certain I've never seen a punt return touchdown to win a game in overtime. And if I do, if I have, or it happened before at some point, I'm sure I, I don't remember crazy stuff. I definitely have never seen Travis Kelsey throw a lateral for a 49 yard touchdown only to get it called back on an offsides penalty. Oh, man. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are as steamy as you will ever hear them. Not making excuses, but definitely not on board. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and Jerry Jones calling tonight's Cowboys victory over the Eagles a lopsided affair as it was. Labeled by Jarrah as the best win of the Mike McCarthy era in Dallas. So not the playoff win last year. Nope. It would be this victory over the Eagles. And for all of the buildup, I'm not saying it loses any of its significance or its importance. It was a critical game. On national TV, the Cowboys make another statement. They return the favor against the Eagles. And as I say, this one was not close. It was not a game of inches. (laughs) It was the opposite of a game of inches. So there's no underestimating how important the game is for the Cowboys. And really, there's no overstating it either. Right now, they sit in the number one seed in the NFC. That's how big it is. And they do have a great chance to win the East Division. And it may not matter for other teams. The Niners, for instance. I think they travel well. We've seen them travel well. They certainly traveled well to Philadelphia last weekend. But for the Cowboys... It is really apparent they are a tough, tough out at home. Dak Prescott is obviously having the best season of his career. Even going back to his rookie year when he stepped in for Tony Romo and injured Tony Romo. And he was so good that Romo retired. Even then, this is a more mature, more confident Maybe the most confidence of his career. More sure of himself. More comfortable with his receiving core and his line. This is a mature leader in Dak Prescott. And I know you could point back to that game against the Niners from earlier in the season. But since then, the man's barely had a blip. He's now up to 28 touchdown passes and six interceptions. That's it. There's been a lot of debate over Dak's career. Well, over the life of this recent contract. But even before that, when he and his camp were holding out and the Cowboys couldn't come to an agreement with him for a couple of years, remember? And the debate about whether or not he's worth it. He shouldn't be a franchise quarterback. I've even heard things like he's the reason they don't win. Right now, I would say he's the front runner for the MVP award. Although there are certainly other candidates, but if you're talking quarterbacks, he's among the best and has some gaudy numbers as does his team as a whole. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Good to have you with us. Good to reconvene. I hope that you enjoyed your December weekend, in some cases winter weather, on the East Coast, the Northeast. Man, massive rain and wind and just nasty storm of a different sort. Treacherous weather driving in. And yet somehow Zach Wilson has the game of his life, but only in the second half. I should say he had the second half of his life, not the game of his life. There were actually two games in the NFL today that had no points at halftime. I mean, it's a big fat ew. You guys, the Vikings beat the Raiders three to nothing. <laughs> I, uh, I sometimes will tell you when things are ugly or or just awful, boring in sports, that I would rather stick a fork in my eye than watch. From now on, I'm going to say when I really want to be tortured, I'd rather watch Vikings and Raiders 10 times in a row. <laughs> I counted the punts because that's just who I am. Ow! Ow! <laughs> Ow. <laughs> so, yes. We survived to another sunny night. Well, some of us did. Not all of us did. We'll have the injury updates from the NFL as we head through this hour and and these next four hours. Please find me on Twitter, Radio. By the way, Twitter is retooling the sidebar on, on the left of your page or your notifications and I cannot figure out how to get to my own profile. It's <laughs> Jade, have you seen it? I'm about to. They've taken an icon off that left sidebar and I can't figure out now how to get to my own profile. I don't understand. Do you see what I'm saying? Why are they messing with things? I don't I don't know. There's a missing icon over there. I see. And now I can't I have to I have to search for my own profile to get to my profile page. What is X doing? X. He's exiting. Can we make it our X? He's exiting logic and reason and exiting the building. So anyway, you can find my profile by going to A Law Radio or to our Facebook page after hours with Amy Lawrence. One week to the wedding, three shows this week though. So I don't take off until Wednesday. Wednesday evening actually Oh, I'll be on the road while you all are having fun here on After Hours. Jay, don't nod your head like, yeah, we're going to have fun without you. That was mean.
3: No, that's not what I meant.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I will be on the road driving. Oh, gosh. I probably won't have time for it on this show. But wait until I tell you about the impact of the mild sedative on one Penny Lawrence. That poor dog, she's a mess, but she slept really well on Sunday. (laughs) Anyway, our phone number is 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. We are going to talk about the Otani contract a little bit, only because I walked into church on Sunday and got accosted by a bunch of teenage boys who volunteer in my class who wanted to know (laughs) all about the Otani contract. So I do understand it's a huge deal. And we did tell you it was going to happen over the weekend, or it was likely to happen over the weekend. We don't have all of the deets. We have not heard from him specifically, only from his camp because they broke the news on Saturday. Was it Saturday, Friday, Saturday? It was weird because I took off Thursday night. So I'm not, All day Friday, I kept thinking it was Saturday. And all day Saturday, I kept thinking it was Sunday. Anyway, we'll talk about Otani. We'll do more on that come tomorrow night when we have just the two NFL games. Uh, But yeah, certainly a bombshell of a a news dump this weekend. And there's something you need to know about the Otani contract. It's not what it seems on face value. There is something you need to know. And I just want to say before we get back to football, thank you all for asking about the wayward wedding flowers. I regret to inform you they still have not arrived, and I have no idea where they are. I did, in fact, file a pair of service requests. Now, it does seem seem statistically impossible for two boxes going from one center to another to both be lost, mail within four days of each other. I don't even know how that's possible. Uh, But I even had a... Government worker who is a U.S. Postal Service employee. Reach out and ask if he could help. So I am still believing, still praying the flowers will be found and delivered in time for next weekend's wedding. But for now, but for now, this is... Whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> this is just how it's going to be. <laughs> I'm moving forward as if I'm not getting married with flowers. <laughs> just i got to have a contingency plan. So, thank you for hanging out. Thank you for all of your kind words. You're very sweet to care. And onward with football. As the Dallas Cowboys were staring at a chance for a 10th win, a victory over Philadelphia and grabbing that maybe that division title, but at the very least, putting themselves in position. Right now, the Eagles could still win it. They have to. They have to run the table and win out. So they could still win the NFC East division crown. Right now, the Cowboys have the tiebreaker, and so for that reason. This was a huge game. But but more than that, though, they've been looking up at the Eagles for the better part of two seasons. And so this was a big deal for them. Coming off of the Seattle Seahawks victory in which they finally were able to beat a team with a winning record, right? Continue that home field advantage. But now this is a rivalry. This is an opponent that last year went to the Super Bowl, is the defending division champion and had figured out a way to limit the Cowboys offensively. But that was then, and this is now. And the Cowboys are a different team at home. Again, for every team in the NFL, home field would not be that big of a deal in the postseason. For the Cowboys, honestly, could be the difference between a Super Bowl run or not. The Cowboys don't waste any time in this one. Points on all four possessions in the first half.
4: Shotgun, Pollard on his right. Two tight ends on the left, back to throw. Looking left, looking right. Pumps, runs out to the left. Throws on the run, Lamb at the seven. And strolls in. Walks all the dogs. Touchdown, Lamb, but... There's a flag. I think this may get There is up. no foul on yep. the play. There we the go. The result of the play is a touchdown. There we go. Prescott extends his hands, takes the snap, back to pass, looks left, throws left, caught. Touchdown, Cowboys, Michael Gallup. They oh. threw the slant. Gallup came from outside in. There's a penalty flag oh. down. I wonder if we're going to get that yep. pick. Yeah, you're definitely going to. And that was a late flag, too. There is no foul on the play.
5: The result of the play is a touchdown.
4: So a one-yard touchdown pass to Michael Gallup. And with 20 seconds remaining in the half, it's 23-6, Cowboys.
2: Dallas gets a pair of touchdowns from Dak Prescott to C.D. Lamb, of course. That's the first score. And then Michael Gallup just before half was done. And in that first half alone, the Cowboys embark on the wondrous journey of three. Three of them. A trio of 75-yard drives. Brilliant throws by Dak. Great connections with his receivers. And the Eagles really looked powerless to stop it. As for Philadelphia, three fumbles in this game. At times they've shown they've got a turnover issue. Or maybe safer to say they've had a turnover issue in multiple games this year. Only one time did the Eagles ever get into the red zone. Dallas controlled the ball and controlled the game. 13 minutes more with the ball in their hands. And at home with that crowd and that defense, oh, that's more than enough for a win. The bright spot for the Eagles came on defense, actually, because they didn't have an offensive touchdown. Jalen Carter... With a 42 yard fumble return for a score. So, the rookie out of Georgia, you know his story, his first touchdown in the league. But that was the only touchdown for Philadelphia in falling against the two biggest rivals or two biggest threats, shall we call them, in the NFC the Niners and the Cowboys. So this was not only a lopsided affair, it was, it was loud, it was noisy, it was gaudy, it was a confidence boost, and to add insult to injury, even the kicker had a career day. The rookie, Brandon Aubrey, now is 30 for 30 this season. He has not missed his first year in the NFL. He had four more field goals earlier tonight, and two of them come from 59 and 60 yards. How about that? I don't know whether or not people believe in the Cowboys yet. I've been saying all along, for a couple of different reasons, that Niners lost the turning point for them, and and Dak Prescott took it personally. We know he did but his team has continued to support him. The defense is so good, even losing Trayvon Diggs, which was devastating at the time. So my question for you is, do you believe in the Cowboys now? Emphasis on the now, not last week, a month ago, next year. Now do you believe in the Cowboys? And Producer Jay will put up a post on our show Twitter after our CBS or on our Facebook page. Remember, Mike McCarthy, he had an emergency appendectomy just a few days ago.
5: No issues, uh, really. I just wanted to do my part. You know, I just wanted to make sure that I was prepared um, as I normally am. So, you know, and I, I did. I was, I was a little, I was a little, you know, I was a little nervous about it um, today. So. Um, because, you know, it's just, it's a long year. Uh, we're all creatures of habit. You know, you, you go through these normal seven-day weeks, and, you know, when you, when you miss time, you know, it was, um, but I was able to make it up, and frankly, I think the best part about it was I would get more sleep than I normally do, so. Ah, jealous. Um, but, the, you know, the players did a great job. The coaches did a great job, and, you know, we didn't miss a beat, and I think we, we demonstrated that tonight.
2: Yeah, impressive. Mike McCarthy made a point to put experienced coaches around him on the staff. And they clearly are able to carry the load when he's not available. So good for him. Glad he's healthy. Yeah, this one meant a little more for the Dallas Cowboys. And we will hear about it from Dak Prescott. Oh, and Micah Parsons, who apparently was sick throughout this game and yet still had a sack, a quarterback hit, and a tackle for loss in what was an overwhelming performance on both sides of the ball for Dallas. The call's with Brad Sham on the Cowboys Radio Network and then Ryan Radke on Westwood One. So find us on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or my Twitter, A Law Radio. Again, you all are very kind, recognizing my, my brain and my heart being pulled in two different directions this week. I, <laughs> I appreciate your support. Our phone number is 855-212-4227. Now do you believe in the Dallas Cowboys?
1: post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today
4: or listening to the after hours podcast hurts in the gun snap back looking throws it out underneath to a.j brown he fumbled the ball and it is recovered by dallas that looked like a catch and a fumble and that's what it was
3: Prescott
4: takes his drop, he's looking, he is brought down, he fumbles the football,
5: it's picked up, and running along the sideline, and in for the touchdown is Jalen Carter.
4: Fletcher Cox busts through that offensive line, he gets the sack fumble, and the young guy scoops it up, he scoops and scores down the right sideline, and there is life. His first touchdown in the NFL.
5: Tonight, um, You know, I, I think it's like anything, and you know, you clean up your last game, you know, you're able to learn from it, but uh, you, you could feel it when they came back from the Thursday night game in Seattle. I mean, you, you could feel it in the, in the coaches uh, on Monday and, um, and then obviously carry through this week. So, I mean, there's no surprise that we don't play well tonight.
4: Off the field, on the money, and after hours, it's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence.
2: Fumble's definitely a theme on Sunday night. The Eagles with three of them. The Cowboys have the one that does get returned for a touchdown, but that's significant because it was the only touchdown of the game for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. That's Merrill Reese manning the Eagles play-by-play. And this one returning the favor for Philadelphia and yet not as close as what we saw a couple weeks ago when the Eagles beat the Cowboys. So do you believe in the Cowboys now? That is the question. On Twitter, A Law Radio, also on our Facebook page. Cowboys have won 5 consecutive games. Right now they have the same winning streak as do the San Francisco 49ers. Both these teams are 10 and 3 as are the Eagles. But the Cowboys have the tie-break over the Eagles right now. Though they would lose the head-to-head tie-break against the Niners. Because San Francisco beat them earlier in the season. Remember, that was their worst game of the year. But I do believe a turning point for Dallas and for Dak Prescott. And he still has much higher standards than what we saw from him tonight.
5: I told you before, I'm my biggest critic. Uh, I don't think I played... Obviously not my best game. Um I'm a completions guy. I want to get completions. I want to get it rolling. Uh there's a streak there that was, I mean, I don't know, it felt like seven to ten, seven to ten or so that that uh a uh, few incompletions in a row. Um but then we got it going. We got it back going, got it back on track.
2: But if he would like a streak, how about this one? To counter his Streak in which he felt like he missed fire missed or missed a connection with his receivers too many times in a row. He now has seven consecutive games with at least two touchdown passes. That's a career long for Dak Prescott. The Cowboys go three for three in the red zone. So when they got inside the red area, they were money. Now, they did also have to settle for a few long field goals. But speaking of money, is Brandon Aubrey the new Justin Tucker? (gasps) Oh! That's sacrilegious, isn't it? It is. It's sacrilegious, especially when he's kicking in a dome, but it's, it's sacrilegious. I take it back. No one can be the new Justin Tucker, but watch out, Tucker. You know he's not, he's not the most accurate kicker in the NFL anymore. It's all so crazy when he misses a kick. Anyway, we'll get to Ravens and Rams, which was also a lot of fun. Do you believe in the Cowboys now? To sit in the top spot in the NFC East with so much time left to go. Now they have a tough schedule moving forward. I suppose if you're into the whole schedule inspection. Wins and losses of your opponents and records of your opponents, the Cowboys have the tougher road still ahead. Up next at Buffalo. All right, so that's a tough one considering that the Bills have got some new life now after the victory over the Chiefs. We'll talk about that coming up after the update. Then the Cowboys go to Miami, followed by a home game against the Lions in which they could extend their home winning streak Right now, it's at 15 consecutive wins, and they follow with a game at Washington. We'll see whether or not Ron Rivera still has a job then. But they've enjoyed this run of games at home. They've had three consecutive games at AT AT&T Stadium, and now they finish up with three of four on the road, and three of them are likely, well, potentially playoff teams. Okay, we don't know about Buffalo yet. But Miami and Detroit almost certainly bound for the playoffs. So, we're going to see what the Cowboys are made of yet again. They've shown us a little something-something in back-to-back wins at home. But now it's time to take that show on the
5: road. Laugh now, cry later.
2: Oh, Micah Parsons. Apparently wasn't feeling well in this game.
5: I woke up with 102, 3 fever. Just like... I mean, I took as many drugs and... IVs is a man possibly could take to be able to play today and uh, just you need know, to just go home and rest.
2: Poor guy. He doesn't sound real good, actually, but he played extremely well. One sack, one quarterback hit, one tackle for loss.
5: I think everybody's been waiting for that statement win. We've been talking about statements and we got this high power offense that came in our stadium and how good we've been at home. Um, we wanted to put a statement at home, especially how that game went last time. Um, it could have went either way, 50-50. Um, we forced three turnovers last time, but it just fell their way. So it's good to, uh, for them to finally fall our way.
2: I need him to stop talking. I need him to go home and, and sleep it off. Jalen Hurts recognizes the Eagles are facing a, a new adversity here with a game challenger in Dallas.
5: It's all about knowing the process and trusting in the process and um, trusting in the guys around you. You know, there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be adversity you have to come through, but it's all about how you respond to it. And the beautiful thing about it is we control how we respond to it. And we just have to keep
4: pushing away. That's as simple as that.
2: Asking you the question of, now do you believe in the Cowboys? Kathy writes on Facebook, maybe. Huh. Could you be more middle of the road? Could you be more straddling the fence?
5: Point blank, period. <laughs>
2: Poor Micah Parsons. Ted says on Facebook, yes, I believe, but still think the 49ers are the best team in football. Yeah, Dallas has a chance this year. Well, uh, a chance for what? I suppose he means Super Bowl. Let's not jump the gun. All right, coming up, the defending Super Bowl champions, they've also had some major adversity come their way, though a lot of it is... A lot of it is created themselves. A lot of it is kind of shooting themselves in their own feet. But the Chiefs have lost three of four. Although I still say the game on Sunday was bigger for Buffalo. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
4: Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
3: Shurfield comes out to the right. Davis wide to the left. Cook to the left of Allen in the shotgun. Late motion from Shurfield. Allen back to pass. Looking deep down the seam to James Cook who leaps into the end zone for the touchdown. 3.43 left in the first quarter, and the Bills are on the board first. Second and goal from the six. Here's the snap. It's a design run to Allen. Going to tuck it and fight his way. The surge pushing him down to the two and into the end zone for the touchdown. It was a pile-driving touchdown run by Josh Allen from
4: six yards out. Wow. Big daddy long legs.
2: This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. We certainly got to see a bully rush from Josh Allen. And that strength, that power, that explosiveness, all of it working for the Bills quarterback and working early, as a matter of fact, as the Bills were there at Arrowhead Stadium, a stadium where they've had a lot of success this was one of the more enticing matchups on this week 14 schedule. Week 14, you guys. Once we get through the doubleheader on Monday night. Actually, it's not even a doubleheader. It's two games at the same time. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But I am not the NFL. The brilliant scheduling minds at the NFL. <laughs> anyway, once we get through those games on Monday evening, we are down to just four weeks in the NFL regular season four, including Christmas weekend and New Year's weekend. And then after that, there's just one more. It's crazy the way we start January with the final weekend of the NFL regular season. There'll be so much on the line. Then it's the college football playoff. So the semifinals are January 1st. The college football playoff, the national championship follows that last Week of the regular season. If I have my dates correct. And then we go right into. NFL postseason. I've tried to prepare Bob. People who know me know. These are. Literally the two most important months. On our entire sports radio calendar. It's after hours. With Amy Lawrence on Facebook. You can answer the question. Now do you believe in the Dallas Cowboys? Or you can find me on Twitter. A Law Radio, thanks so much for all of your sweet responses about the flowers and uh, the wedding is actually coming up. We're inside of a week now. My mom sent me a text on Sunday night because our wedding's in the afternoon. She said, the countdown is on. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, Bob and I have been counting down for about six months now, but all right.
3: <laughs> now it's official. Though.
2: Now it's officially a countdown. And she said, I'm so excited which is makes me happy that my mom's excited because she has also waited and prayed for a really long time to see her only daughter get married. Baham, back to football and the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs, who look vulnerable. Mahomes had an early ball, batted down an interception uh, at the line of scrimmage. A.J. Epinesa, I mean, he actually leads the NFL in that category, which is impressive. So that was one of the earliest possessions for the chiefs and Buffalo's able to use that mistake as well as just short possessions, empty possessions by the chiefs to build a two touchdown lead. And you hear them both there with Chris Brown on bills radio. Now Josh does throw a pick himself. And so that jump starts the Kansas city offense. They are at home. This is their comfort zone. And they do have a late touchdown in the first half that incorporates Jarek McKinnon. So it's 14-7 at the half, although did you notice how long those final couple plays of the first half took? Travis Kelsey's out there on defense to prevent the Hail Mary. It just seemed like those last few minutes with Buffalo trying anything, something, anything to get another touchdown. You don't often see Hail Marys to wrap up a first half, but that's what the Bills were going for. So they get into the second half, and there's a pair of long drives that really consume the whole third quarter. One for the Bills to tack on a field goal, and then one for the Chiefs to see if they can cut into what is now a 10-point deficit.
4: Mahomes out of an empty backfield set. Turns left, now goes back to the end zone, caught! Rashi Rice, touchdown! Kansas City, and Rashi Rice now ties a Kansas City Chiefs rookie record with his sixth receiving touchdown in his rookie career. And even more importantly, the Chiefs are back within one score on a four-yard touchdown strike.
2: Mitch Holtis, he sounds a little subdued there on the Chiefs radio network. Just wait, there is more to come. So Rasheed Rice, the rookie, has been a great addition to the offense. I like his versatility because that's what Andy Reid is looking for in weapons around Patrick Mahomes with all the motion, the confusion, the misdirection, all the unique and innovative ways that he can use the talent. So that touchdown catch brings the Chiefs within three. Now, rookies give it and they take it away. Rice also fumbles to end the third quarter, but... We've said this throughout this season. The Chiefs' defense may be as good as the offense this year. So the defense holds. And then the Chiefs are able to get a field goal to tie the game early in the fourth quarter. And then, whoa, hold on to your butts. That's how we go into the fourth quarter on national TV. It was pretty awesome to know that These two quarterbacks, these two offenses, and defenses, of course, would have to duel to the, well, not to the death. That's a little melodramatic. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Now, the Bills go 12 plays. They take, if I remember correctly, it's about five minutes off the clock. And they get the go-ahead 48-yard field goal just inside two minutes. So, again, dial up the drama. Was it... 13 seconds a couple years ago in the playoffs. Well, they had more than 13 seconds, but they were inside the two minute warning and the Chiefs are feeling it. They're feeling good, and you know Travis Kelsey. He is a superstar.
4: 20-17, Buffalo. They send another blitz. Selling out. Flag on the play. Might be a free one. They've got Kelsey at the 30. Kelsey 25, angling back. 20 now. He's going to lateral it back at the 15-yard line. It's Tony. 10-5. Touchdown, Kansas City. They mess around in practice with this all the time. It's going to go with a 49-yard touchdown. Kelsey, the old University of Cincinnati quarterback. number
5: 19, offense, lined up in the neutral zone. Five-yard penalty. Check it out.
3: Offsides by the offense, lined up in the neutral zone.
4: Who was it on? On Kadarius. Oh, my goodness. One of the most exciting plays. A TD is wiped off the board and a five-yard penalty. Second and 15 for the Chiefs at their own 46. It would have gone as a 49-yard touchdown catch and lateral. It was a heck of a football game down to the end. Um, Very disappointed that it ended the way it did and um, normally, I'll get, um, you know, I, I never use any of this as excuses, but normally I get a warning before something like that happens in a big game. Um, a bit embarrassing in the National Football League for that to take place.
5: Lost for words, man. It's just it's tough because regardless if we win or lose, man, just, just for it to end of, with another game and we're talking about the refs, man, it's just not what we want for, any, for the NFL and for football.
2: Both A.D. Reed and Patrick Mahomes had plenty to say. I know that it was a big moment with just over a minute to go. I understand it was stunning, and it was a dazzling touchdown. Travis Kelsey makes this great catch up the middle like he'd been doing most of the game, and he doesn't even shovel it. He doesn't flip it. He actually throws it like a quarterback, to a wide-open Tony, who then takes it the rest of the way to the house. 49 yards in total. But it's called back on the offsides penalty on Kadarius Tony. And then there are three more incomplete passes by Mahomes that fall short. And the Bills defense holes. Our friend Gene Steratore, who's been on the show many times, posted this on Twitter. And also talked about it on the broadcast. Because Tony Romo said, I've never seen anything like that. offsides penalty on a receiver. Gene writes, when officiating the line of scrimmage, general philosophy is not to be overly technical and split hairs over very minor infractions, like a receiver's hand slightly breaking the line of scrimmage. However, when an infraction is so egregious and obvious, a flag has to be thrown. Kadarius Tony is blatantly lined up offside and in the neutral zone. You rarely see an offsides penalty on the offense, but that is not because this play isn't a foul. It's because the receiver rarely lines up offsides. If you go to Gene's Twitter, in fact, uh, Jay can retweet it from our show account after our CBS. It shows you a photo, a still photo of where Tony is lined up. I understand it was a big moment. And it was a huge touchdown, and maybe the Chiefs were going to come all the way back. But it was still a foul, regardless of when it occurred in the game. Josh Allen saw it, too.
5: I originally thought it was on us. I didn't know what the flag is. They don't. It's not a flag that they usually call. Um, I was just getting, getting up, ready to go score. You know, we're going to have a, a minute and 20 seconds left. Um, I think we had all three timeouts, so maybe I had two. But that, that was going through my mind.
2: Yeah, you rarely see it called. And the point that Andy Reid was making is we usually get a heads up from the officials. And that may be true. I've heard other coaches say that. Thing is, officials don't owe you that heads up. It's a rule. And while it stinks to have a flag in that moment, I know I'm not an NFL wide receiver. But how hard is it to make sure that you're not lined up past the line of scrimmage? I, I don't I don't feel like that's a hard thing to do. Do you guys remember D Ford a couple years ago? Patriots Chiefs AFC Championship game at Arrowhead Stadium. And what would have been the game ceiling interception off Tom Brady? And D Ford is lined up offsides. He didn't play for the Chiefs after that. <laughs> it's after hours. CBS Sports Radio.